This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, this time on video. Excited to do this, and obviously everyone listening, we appreciate you downloading and being part of WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you, reacting as always, uh, to the Sixers and the Celtics in game number four, which was really one of the most ridiculous basketball games we've seen in Philadelphia in a long time. lot to get into today, including introducing or maybe reintroducing for some of you, Tucker Bagley uh, with me. He is the producer of the show. I think I mentioned that one time before, but he's the producer of the show. And now that we have video capability, uh, Tucker's going to be jumping on from time to time. How you doing, Joe? Nice to nice to see your face once again, albeit with you know the, the sun out. We're not <laughs> great, great to be a part of this show. I'm yes, excited. Yes, and we have a lot to talk about today because yesterday was uh, like I said, just a ridiculous game. All right, a couple of things. I want to get to PJ Tucker, who's just my favorite player on the Sixers. Uh, I want to get to where this series is and like, have they earned this or is this just more lucky to be where they are two two? Um, and kind of looking forward to Game Five a little bit, but. I, I think the two main characters to start off with here, obviously the great, which was James Harden. And I just I just think we have to just give James Harden his credit in Philadelphia. Yes, he was horrendous in, in game two, actually bad in game two, horrendous in game three. I mean, that that's just what he was. But James Harden has won two games in the Easter Conference semifinals for the Sixers. I, I don't know what the future holds for James Harden. And, you know, there's more reports out there today that Houston feels like an, an inevitability for people down there. That he's going back to Houston. Maybe we're watching the end of James Harden in Philadelphia. And I don't think anyone's comfortable with a four-year or five-year full max for a player his age who goes up and down so much. But, again, James Harden has won two Eastern Conference semifinal games against the Boston Celtics in the series. You just can't understate how great he has been. He's been the best Sixers player in this series. It, despite the ups and downs, that's what he's been. You look at his game yesterday. I mean, James Harden yesterday in, in a do-or-die game was everything for the Sixers on offense. He had 42 points. He had nine assists. He had eight rebounds. He shot six of nine from three-point range. He got to the free throw line four times and made all his free throws. Like James Harden did everything possible to win that basketball game on on Sunday afternoon and tie this series. And and you look at it now, and you're like, man, do they need those James Harden games just to have a chance in this series? I mean, it, it probably would be a sweep. Like it, this series could be over. Tucker, I, I know Harden has been someone that's been up and down in Philadelphia and the way people view him. And Friday night, everyone hated James Harden, but. 
I mean, I, I just have to say like this. He's won two games in this season. Yeah, I mean, despite the fact he had two absolute clunkers in the middle of the series, you could probably say he's been their most important player. He's been their best player. All due respect to Joel Embiid, the MVP. But, I mean, what James Harden did in game one was an absolute Herculean effort and then kind of bailed out Embiid towards the end of the fourth quarter there. He made the game game-winning shot in overtime. Only had, I think, one turnover in the entirety of game four, which is just, I think, more than the 40 points and the eight rebounds, nine assists. I think that's even more uh, of a crazy stat for him, considering his penchant for, for turning the ball over. What he did on, on Sunday, I don't think it's anything short of saying that. I mean, that was a seizing-saving effort. He, he put Joel Embiid and, and the Sixers franchise on his back. I, I thought going into Sunday, probably the most important game of Joel Embiid's career most important game of this entire Sixers run. And for uh, for James Harden to, to come out and play the way he did it and put the team on his back in, in the second quarter when they went on that big run, late in the fourth quarter when Joel Embiid, you know, kind of became timid and and really, you know, quivered with the, the sight of Al Horford and then in overtime knocking down that, that game-winning shot and keeping everything under control. I mean, that that's one of the all-time great performances, I think, in, in Sixers history. Well, I think you're right. Uh, and I saw a stat yesterday. Now Harden has more 40-point games than than Allen Iverson did in his playoff career. And obviously not Sixers playoff career, but just a playoff career, which just shows the career that, that James Harden has had. Two 40-point games in the series. And Tucker said it there, and he's right. He saved Joel Embiid. I mean, that the win and the excitement and the fact that we have a series here is is because of James Harden. But the underlying story of that game was Joel Embiid in the fourth quarter. Th- that was as bad of a fourth quarter for an MVP as you will ever see in the NBA. I mean, a a current MVP, not a guy that was an MVP five years ago. Like Joel Embiid was this year, for all intents and purposes, the best player in the league. And even if you don't want to say that, maybe whatever. He was a top three or four player, however you want to rank players. He was that great this year. And in the fourth quarter, I, I was so disheartened watching Joel Embiid. The team took on, once again, his personality. And he just looked gassed and he looked mentally out of it. You know, and I understand fatigue is, is probably factoring in here for Joel Embiid playing every other day on a knee injury. Doc Rivers going in an eight-man rotation. There's not much downtime for Joel Embiid, but he did have a little break before the fourth quarter. You know, when the fourth quarter started, they came in with like nine twenty to go, and they were up five. Obviously, you know they, that game ended up in overtime, but it was just Al Horford owned him in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, Joel Embiid is lucky today that James Harden is here because otherwise this entire city would be talking about Joel Embiid and can they win a championship with him? Can he close? Can all those kind of things? And he's also lucky the game went to overtime because I did think Joel, to be fair to him, played better in overtime. He, he obviously made the pass to James Harden. He was a little more aggressive there in overtime. He got the ball in the basket. He got to the free throw line. He, he kind of reemerged in overtime and gave them enough to kind of help set up Harden to win the game. But that fourth quarter to get blocked twice by Al Horford and then, Almost worse than that was after the two blocks, it seemed like he didn't want to shoot anymore. Like if he wasn't, if it wasn't an obvious foul situation where he could just kind of body his way to the free throw line where he's, where he really, I think he wants to be late in the game on offense. He doesn't want to take a shot. He wants to go to the free throw line where he kind of catch his breath. And he's obviously so good at shooting free throws, but he didn't want to shoot. He didn't want the ball in his hands. There was the one sequence where he got the ball in the kind of the high post and the first thing he did was look to the corner to pass to Tobias Harris. Like, of all the people to pass to, Tobias Harris, he doesn't want the ball either. So it just was a game of hot potato. And Joel Embiid, you know, in that fourth quarter, almost cost them the game. And it was it was really, 
it was kind of bizarre, bizarrely uncharacteristic of this series for Joel Embiid because I thought in game two, physically, he was in a better place than I thought he'd be. Now they got they got blown out, but it, I, I just thought physically, for his first game back, better than I thought it'd be. So then you go to game three, and and quite frankly, I had very little criticism of Joel Embiid in game three. I, I thought he played well. You know, his teammates let him down. Harden let him down. Maxi let him down in game three. I, I thought... Game three was a very nice effort by Joel Embiid. It was everybody else that really struggled. But game four, despite, you know, the numbers look fine. You look at Joel Embiid's numbers in game four, 34, 13. But, you know, it, it was, I would say, a less efficient version of what he was all year anyway. I mean, that, that was basically his numbers in the regular season anyway. But he was 11 of 26 in the field. Not great. He did miss three free throws. Still, still I mean, 12 of 15, you can't yell about. But he's usually almost perfect at the free throw line. But I saw that fourth quarter was it was a combination of you could tell he was tired and it just felt like Al Horford totally got in his head like that is you can't have that at this point of his career. Like early on in Joel Embiid's career playing the Celtics pre Horford or post Horford, whatever, you know, it was it was one of those things where they they kind of got to him and they found a way to to kind of get in his head a little bit. But not now. Not I mean, not now. It, it can't happen now. And at this stage of their careers, Al Horford shouldn't be getting the best of Joel Embiid. He just shouldn't. Joel Embiid is such a skilled player, and he's the MVP of the league for a reason. But he got in his head. He got in his head, and it was so disappointing to watch Joel Embiid in that fourth quarter. And we are all lucky, and the Sixers are lucky, that it didn't turn into a complete and total disaster. Because if they don't get to overtime there, it's all about Joel Embiid. Now, as we move forward to look to game five, and I want to get to really maybe the X factor and, and, and kind of the unsung hero of all this in a second. But as we look forward to game five, you know, there's momentum certainly on the Sixers side. And if they could somehow, somehow steal another one in Boston, they can win the series, obviously, because it's 2-2. It's just the best of three now. But if there's one thing to kind of take from game four that we could look at in game five and, and we'll see how it plays out and, and how much of a factor it is again with one day of rest. So. Doc Rivers playing a really short bench right now. He's only play, he only played eight guys yesterday. And really, other than uh, Melton, the other guy, I mean, the other two didn't only played small minutes. I mean, Paul Reed played six minutes in this game, uh, and Niang played 19, and, and Melton played 25. But everybody else, I mean, it's basically the starters played 47, 45, 46, 45. I, I am worried a little bit about a fatigue factor here going into game five for Joel Embiid, for James Harden. We know Harden sometimes, sometimes doesn't have his legs. And, and I just thought Joel looked just totally gassed mentally and physically in that fourth quarter. He is lucky that, that James Harden saved the day. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, the unsung hero, and I, we have to mention this. And uh, Tucker, I know you'll be excited to talk about this guy because how do you not love this guy? He's my favorite player on the team. P.J. Tucker is... Doc Rivers said it yesterday because he was asked about the difference between last year and this year and, and kind of being in one of those games and fighting through it. And he said, last year, Miami had P.J. Tucker. This year, we have P.J. Tucker. I mean, that guy, that moment, if the Sixers somehow win this series, and I still think it's going to be very hard to win it, but if, if they somehow win this series and they go to the Easter Conference Finals, will they be heavy favorites or and then to the finals? 
We will talk about that P.J. Tucker moment for years to come. Going over to Joel Embiid in that moment where every single person in that building and every single one of us watching on TV wanted to scream at Joel Embiid too. Like, man, wake up. You just wake up. Get whatever's in your head right now. Like, remember who you are. You're the best player in the league. Remember that. And well, I don't know what P.J. Tucker said to him. I could guess it was probably not language that I'll use on this show or anywhere on WIP. But whatever he said, it worked. Tucker, I thought that moment where P.J. Tucker went up to Joel Embiid and obviously said something to wake him up was like, like that's, that's worth the $30 million they paid him right there. He had a three-point play, and he had that right there. That was like, that defined who P.J. Tucker is. Yeah, I mean, he showed up in the fourth quarter, and, man, the way he, like, stomped over there, the way, like, your mom would be mad at you if you were, you know, making a mess at Target or something and just berated Joel Embiid for, like, 30 seconds and, you know, really just kick-started him, him back into gear. That's what P.J. Tucker is. And I know we talked about for a while, they just needed a guy like that. They needed a P.J. Tucker-like player. Well, they didn't go out and, and get a copy. They didn't go out and, and, and get a, a cheap imitation. They went out. They got the real thing. They got the real deal. And, you know, he's someone that I think a lot of people during the regular season probably got fed up with because he, he was inconsistent. His effort maybe was lackadaisical at times because he is 38 years old trying to, to play through an 82-game season in the NBA. But – what we've seen from him in the net series where he, when, you know, effort was lacking, he had no problem calling people out. He called Paul Reed out um, in the middle of game one of the series. And that really helped the defense down the stretch um, to, to help win that game in the second half. And then what we saw in the fourth quarter, that, that catch on the Tobias Harris air ball, and he shoots the ugliest layups I've ever seen, but they go in and then, you know, going and chewing out Joel Embiid after he had, you know, two or three of the worst possessions we've seen from him all season. That's what he's here to do. That's why you go out and sign someone such as Pops Jr. Tucker. He was there to, to you know, bring that attitude more than he is to, to bring points off the bench. And it's funny because he struggled shooting the ball, right? Like we talk about him needing to make quarter threes. I think he was like 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 to, to start the game from the corner. He wasn't great offensively, but when the chips were down and you needed a play, I can't think of anyone I would want more grabbing an offensive rebound at that point in time than than P.J. Tucker. I can't either. He, he was he was everything. I mean, he was phenomenal for the Sixers. And he, the guy's a winner. Like, P.J. Tucker is a dog, and he is a winner. And I, I just want that guy on my side in almost anything, but certainly in an NBA playoff game. Look, I, the, the Sixers are, are big underdogs right now, but a seven-point underdog at game five. They're still major dogs to win the series. Nothing has really changed except they found a way to win a game that they usually lose. They actually found a way to win two games they usually lose. And it, there's a different universe out there where this could be a 4-0 sweep the Celtics. It's not. It's 2-2. The Sixers have some life here, and now they need Joel Embiid to be at whatever the best is. And again, I, I don't want to hear that he was the knee was bothering in the fourth quarter. We don't talk about the knee when he plays well. Like, he's out there. He, he's out there, and he's playing through it. He's got to be better. He has to be more efficient. He has to be smarter in the fourth quarter. They have a chance. I, they have a chance in this series, and that is something that when the series started, I, I felt very pessimistic about. I thought Celtics in six. It still might end up that way. But the Celtics have, have a knack, and we've seen it so far this year, for kind of letting their guard down. Can the Sixers take advantage of that? We're going to see it in game five. The P.J. Tucker chewing out of Joel Embiid, that sticks in my head forever. The Harden game that we have to appreciate him for, even if he does flee to Houston here in a couple months. And, of course, Joel Embiid's got to feel lucky because James Harden absolutely and totally bailed him out. Appreciate everyone listening to WIP Daily. Download, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every day. My big take on the biggest story in Philadelphia sports. Excited to have Tucker Bagley with me, uh, and we're doing these podcasts now. 
a lot of times on videos. So stay tuned there. We'll tell you where you can find it and uh, subscribe and follow WIP Daily. Thank you for listening.